Welcome to Life Church. My name is Dylan Johnston, and I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and it's so good to be with you today. We've been walking through a series titled Unchanged, that though the world around us may be changing at a rapid pace, and though some things may seem crazy and may get out of hand, there are some things in our lives that simply remain unchanged. And what we've been doing is going back to Acts chapter 2, where the very first church was established, and, and seeing some things that, that God instituted there with that early church that are unchanged values in our lives even today here in the 21st century. As you're turning to Acts chapter 2, which will be our launching point today, um, my wife and I just uh, a few weeks ago took our four-month-old baby boy to a, a one-year-old birthday party. Um, and, and I get it, like some of of that just may set you off on a tangent and make you want to have conversations about what is a four-month-old getting out of a one-year-old birthday party. I don't know. I think it was the best day he's ever been alive. But we took him to this party, and he's in his um, in his car seat carrier thing, and uh, we put the, the pacifier or binky or nook or, or whatever you call it in your household in his mouth, and he had a little giraffe toy that he, he carried with him. It came, kind of became a safety net for him. And, and then we put the blanket on him because it's cold outside and then a burp rag because you never know what's going to happen. And we finally do all of that and we show up at the birthday party. And the moment we put that car seat on the ground, everything changed. That one-year-old waltzed over to where my son was in the car seat, grabbed the giraffe toy from him, and immediately walked away and started gnawing on it as if it was her toy. Uh, moments later, one of the other one-year-olds there at the birthday party came over to my son, grabbed the binky pacifier or nook, whatever you call it, and shoved it into her mouth and walked away. And, and, and there was this moment that my son, uh, granted, he doesn't recognize that, that his stuff has been taken from him, but he's He's just staring out into the void at this point. Nothing to play with, nothing to hang on to, nothing to bring him calm. And yet, uh, I think that this kind of mindset, that this kind of activity doesn't just happen when we're little kids, uh, but it, it happens all throughout our lives. I've watched as people have, have been on both sides of the coin here. As people have taken and taken and taken, and it's all about them and what they can accrue and what they can have. And then I've seen people on the other side who, uh, they're not just babies who their stuff is being taken from them, but they choose to willingly, generously share and give towards others. In fact, one of my greatest prayers that, that I constantly am praying over my son is that he will grow up to be generous, to be kind, and to share. And not, not just share his fruit snacks, but, but it's, it's going to start probably there. But that one day he will be willing to share with others, that he will give to those who are in need. He will be kind to those who need kindness, that he will willingly give of, give of himself. Whenever God asks, he will say yes. You see, this concept of selfishness and selflessness is, is not a new thing. Selfishness has been around for ages. In fact, it's one of the common pieces of who we are in, in humanity is that we inherently are selfish. And, and back in Acts chapter 2, we see the early church decide they were going to be countercultural to the selfishness of the world that was around them. Uh, they, they were going to live differently than all the people around them were living. In fact, they chose that they were going to be people that gave, and not just gave, but gave generously. 
uh, through Acts chapter 2, we've been noticing over the past couple weeks a couple things that we decided were going to remain unchanged here at Life Church. The first thing we talked about was how they gathered. They gathered together in the temple courts and they gathered together in people's homes. It was all about gathering together. There's nothing like community with other people. We need one another. If we're ever going to Greek to get closer to God, then we've got to have one another spurring us on. The second thing we talked about was growing. These disciples and these people of the early church dedicated their lives and their days to the teaching and the fellowship with other believers. It was teaching and fellowship, teaching and fellowship. They were going to teach, they were going to listen, they were going to pray, and they were going to be with other believers. And we talked about how growth occurs in our spiritual lives. And then today, in Acts chapter 2, specifically in verse 45, if you want to read uh, all of Acts chapter 2 later to see the full function of what the early church looked like, feel free to. In fact, I would encourage you to, as we walk through the series, to, to give the full chapter of Acts chapter 2 a read. But I want to hone in specifically on Acts chapter 2, verse 45, and it says this about those in the early church, that they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had Need. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Now, I know right off the bat, uh, some of you could, could hear me read that or you could read that yourself and think that we at Life Church are going to start some weird type of commune, but, but I promise you that's not what's, uh, what, what's happening. Rather, I think that this is a critical lesson we can learn from the early church. The first church had a generous spirit. They were givers. It wasn't a question about would they give. They were more so asking the question of how much can I give. They weren't just asking, do I have to give? They were asking, when can I give? You see, at at Life Church, we talk about giving in three facets, three different ways, three different manners. We, We talk about our time, our talent, and our treasure. Our time, our talent, and our treasure. And, and as we talk about this today and as we discuss um, these, these concepts, I want you to ask yourselves a few questions. Uh, two questions in particular. Maybe you write them down or put them in your notes app or uh, maybe you uh, just tell someone in the house to remember them and to bring them back up at the very end of the message. But these two questions are this. First question, where could I give more? Could I give more in my time? Could I give more in my talent? Could I give more in my treasure? Maybe you don't have the finances to give. Well, the scripture here, it talks about selling what they have, giving to others, not not just in that manner, but also giving of themselves. Where can I give more? The second thing, the second thing is, how can I serve others? How can I serve others? This is a critical question in our Christian faith, in our Christian walk. Even Jesus, uh, Scripture says, and he claimed himself that the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That that his whole life was set up about serving others. My question to you and my question to myself, my question to us is, are lives, are our lives set up to serve others? At Life Church, serving others happens in, in many different ways. We, we have life teams, and uh, those life teams do everything from serve in the parking lot to serve as greeters, to serve as ushers in service, to serve over in Life Kids, or to serve in Life Kids early childhood, holding babies and, and praying over the kids and, and teaching them fundamental truths about, the, about God and about the gospel. Or maybe it's Life Church Youth, and uh, your life was changed at a critical moment when you were a teenager, and you want to give back and see God speak to and 
change the lives of teenagers in this day because you recognize where these, the, the trends are heading with our teenagers today and you want to be a part of making a difference in that. I, I don't know what life team is for you, but I do know this. The question still remains, how can I serve others? Did you know that on any given weekend, it uh, takes somewhere between 200 and 250 team members to run life church services? These aren't all paid people. These aren't, these aren't people that, that we're having to bribe to get here. No, no, these are people that are saying, how can I serve others? Maybe you can play an instrument. Maybe you can serve simply by holding a baby. Maybe you can serve by being a greeter. That number, 200 to 250, doesn't even count the team members that come up during the week to answer phone calls, to make phone calls, to pray over the prayer requests, or, or, or the team members, the volunteers that are, are cutting the grass. It doesn't count all of the people, but it takes that many people. So the question then for us is, how can I serve others? You see, no one of us could do all of these things. But all of us can do something. And to some of you, when I list off things like that, you uh, can, can think that that stuff feels like a burden. It, it can seem like it's overwhelming or it can seem like it's too much. But at Life Church, we believe we are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. God has given greatly to us, so we give greatly in return. God has given greatly to us, so we give greatly in, in return. And we are blessed to be a blessing. And so I just want to give you three concepts, three statements that if we can grasp hold of these statements in our lives, I truly do believe this, that our lives would be dramatically changed for the better and for the kingdom of God. Three statements that, that, that can apply directly to us that have to deal with this giving generously and being willing to surrender to God. The first thing is this, everything I have is God's. Everything I have is is God. Psalm 24 verse 1 says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. it it's all his. It's all his. The, the early church recognized that everything we have is God's. And so if someone's in need, we're going we're, we're gonna to give up what we have because God wants that person not to be in need. If someone needs help, we're going to help them because God wants them to have help. And what we have is already God's, and so we're just going to give it to them. That's why when we talk about tithing here at Life Church, it's not an if we, we give. It's not an if we give. It's just about how much can we get to give because it's all God's. It's all his. And so we will freely give and generously give because it's not ours in the first place. It is all his. This is, um, this is the, the, what, what I think is hilarious. When I was in high school, there were kids that turned 16, and on their 16th birthday, their parents who had a little bit of money would buy them. For, for some reason, when I was a kid, it was a Ford Mustang GT. And every kid that showed up to Temple High School, my high school, would that would roll up in a Ford Mustang GT, you know that their parents loved them more than your parents loved you, am I right? Because I was driving a 1992 uh, Isuzu Rodeo, and, and it had already been in a couple of car wrecks or accidents or whatever you call them, and it had some damage, but it would get me from point A to point B. But I knew that those Ford Mustang GTs were kind of a special thing, and I'd sit there in school or sit there in the parking lot and look at them and think, man... That, that's a cool car. But as I've grown up, I've begun to realize that car wasn't that kid's. That kid may come to school thinking they're all high and mighty. They, they may come to school puffing out their chests a little bit, acting a little bit taller because they've got the brand new car. But sorry to say it, that car's not yours. That's mom and dad's car. Uh, that's not yours. You, you, you get in a wreck tomorrow, mom's taking that car. 
You, you, you disobey tomorrow, dad can take that car. That, that, that's not yours. And what I've had to realize in my life is just in the way that that, that that kid is getting to drive that car so in our lives is what we have isn't ours. It's all God's. So the question is then what will we do with it? Which brings us to our next point. I'm not entitled, but I'm entrusted. I'm not entitled. I am entrusted. The kid with the Ford Mustang GT, they're not entitled to get their, that car, but they're entrusted to get that car. And at any moment, if they slip up, that car is gone. Uh, Deuteronomy 8, 17 through 18 says, You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember, the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. Man, that, that's powerful. That, that's powerful because not only is it all God's, but it's God who enabled us to produce wealth in the first place. It's God who gave us the strength. It's God who gave us the talent. It's God who gave us the time. It's God who gave our brains the ability to function with such ingenuity that we could create, that we could develop, that we could run systems, that we could run teams, that we could do what we do to have what we have. We're not entitled. We're entrusted. This takes us back to the concept of stewardship, which is uh, something that, that church talks about all the time. Stewardship, stewardship, stewardship. You see, a steward goes back to back in the old days, someone that would be taking care of someone else's property. Specifically, it would go back to the days where someone would take care of someone else's pigs and the pigs die. All throughout history, stewards have been one who takes care of someone else's property, benefits that person, but also themselves gets paid or benefited because they do a good work. In our lives, it's much the same. We are simply stewards of what God has given us. We are simply stewards in this life of, of what God has provided. The question is not how much can I get, but the question is how can I manage what God has given me? We are stewards of what God has blessed us with. We have been entrusted. So how will we handle it? It takes me back to the parable of the talents. Jesus is telling this story and the master leaves and he gives to one servant, one steward, if you will, one talent, one steward, a few talents, and one steward, five talents. And he leaves and goes on a journey. And when he returns, he wants to know, what have you done with what I have entrusted to you? You're not entitled you don't get to walk around with your chest puffed out. You, you don't get to act like you've done something amazing. No, 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 no. I've given it to you, says the master. What will you do with it? You are not entitled. You are entrusted. Which leads us to our last point. This is what you're entrusted to do. I am accountable to use what God has given me with heaven in mind. I am accountable to use what God has given me with heaven in mind in mind. Not only are we entrusted, n not only is, is God placing that trust in us to utilize what he's blessed us with to bless others. Remember, we are blessed to be a blessing. God has given greatly to us, so we give greatly in return. And not only is all of that the case, but we are responsible. We are accountable to use it for God's maximum glory and for his kingdom with heaven in mind. 
Matthew 25, 42 through 45, the, the verse says, For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Jesus is saying that whatever we do, whatever, whatever we do, we do it with heaven in mind. Paul would go on to write in the New Testament that whether you eat or drink, do it all for the glory of God. That, that, that in the most minute, minuscule moments of your life, you can be living in such a way that brings glory to God. And yet also, in the moments where you can shine the brightest, where you're at the top of the world, where you're making the most money, you can also do all of that to bring glory to God. I am accountable to use what God has given me with heaven and mine. Our time, our talent, our treasure, it's all his. The question is not how we can maximize it for ourselves. The, the, the question, rather, is how can we maximize it for his kingdom? You do realize, friends, that this is all temporary. Your money the cars, the possessions, the clothes, how much you can accrue and achieve and accumulate. It, it's all temporary. Scripture says that life is but a vapor. It's here one day, gone tomorrow. It, it's very, very momentary. It's, it's, it's not something that is extensive. It, it's rather short if you consider it in the expanse of time. And yet, we spend most of our lives striving and trying to get more and accrue and accumulate and, and maximize. And yet I'd like to challenge you today, what if we switched our whole mindset? What if it wasn't about how much I can have, but what if it was about how much I can utilize to bring God glory? What if it wasn't about how much I can give, but rather it was about how much I can give in order to maximize the kingdom of God? What if it wasn't how much I can stock away for my future, but rather how much can I uh, surrender to God and allow him to benefit the kingdom of God and heaven in mind? How, what if I switched my mindset entirely? How different would our lives look? I want to challenge you to utilize all that God has given you and entrusted you with and for his kingdom. Because souls and lives of others, they're impacted by those. They're influenced by you. They're impacted by those things. And so how will you use them? Here at Life Church, it's pretty simple. It comes down to your time, your talent, and your treasure. Your time. How do you spend your time? Where are you investing your time? What takes up the most of your schedule? My dad would always say this growing up is that, Dylan, you have time for whatever you want to have time for. And I'd say, Dad, no, I don't. I'm running out of time. 
My schedule's full. My day's booked. I, I, I've got school all day, and then I've got work, and then I've got to come home and do homework. I don't have time. He said, Dylan, you have time for whatever you want to have time for. What time did you wake up this morning? I woke up at uh, 7 a.m. Dad, well, uh, if you had woke up two hours earlier, you would have t- two hours to do whatever you want to do with. Dylan, when you got home from work today, how long did you watch TV before you did homework? 30 minutes. Well, you had 30 minutes that you could have done whatever you wanted to do. Dylan, did you watch a football game or, 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 or a sporting event this evening? Yeah, Dad, I did. Well, Dylan, that's time that you chose to do that with. And I'm not saying you made the wrong choice, but I'm saying you do have time to do what you want to do with it. What are you doing with your time? It's never about you don't have time. You see, we all have the same amount of time. The question is, what are we doing with the time that we've been allotted? The question is not, uh, can we get more time? Because you can't. It's It's a fleeting commodity. It's something that you can never get more of. But what are you doing with the time that you've been given? You have time to do exactly what you want to do. What are you doing with it? Your talent. Some of you are thinking I'm supremely talented, while others of you are thinking that you don't have a talent bone in your body. But, but I would like to challenge that. We're all talented in some way. We all know a little bit more about a subject than someone else. We all have a little bit bent towards some aspect or something that we can do that other people can't do. We all have some amount of talent. So what are you doing with your talent? And then last, what are you doing with your treasure? How are you using your treasure for the kingdom of God? Is it all about what you can accrue and accumulate, or is it about how much you can surrender to him? Is it about seeing lives changed and souls saved around the corner and around the world for the kingdom of God that, that, that you're going to give your treasure over to him? The Bible talks about our treasure, that, that do not store up treasure on earth where moth and dust can destroy, but store it up in heaven. And so where are you storing your treasure? It's not wrong to have much, but the question is, what are you doing with it? Your time, your talent, and your treasure. You see, this is where I want to close today. Because I think it's immensely important that we capture this in our hearts, that the early church was willing to give of themselves. And here at Life Church, this is the challenge this weekend. How will you serve others? The two questions I asked at the beginning, what can I give more? In what ways can I give more? And how can I serve others? In what ways can I give more? And how can I serve others? At Life Church, it's simple. There's, we've got life teams. I mentioned it earlier. There's all sorts of life teams. And maybe one life team works for you, and maybe another life team doesn't work for you. But I would challenge you, if you've been coming to Life Church or been a part of Life Church for any amount of time, for, uh, for, for a, uh, a few weeks or months, I would challenge you, life team. Because I believe that maximum life change does not occur simply when you're sitting and listening or sitting and worshiping, but maximum life change occurs in you when you allow God to do life change through you. Ooh, that's good. Someone needs to write that down. Maximum life change occurs in you when you allow God to work life change through you. Maybe even today you're, you're not back in in-person services yet, but I believe that there's a a day or a time or a week this year that, that the doors will open, there will be safety, um, everything will be the way it needs to be so that you feel comfortable being back in in-person services. Well, my question to you would be when you come back, don't just come back and sit, come back and serve. Come back and serve because I believe that your life can be changed even more so through serving others than it can be through sitting. How Will you choose to serve others? 
Every single week we send out guest surveys and first time guests fill it out. And one of the questions is, what did you notice first? What did you notice first? It asks them about their impression on the week and how they thought about it, what they liked and all of those things. But that one question, what did you notice first? I look at every single week. You want to know what they never reference and never put there? They never put who spoke. They don't put the, the music. They don't put the worship team. But week after week after week, those guest cards, those guest surveys come in, and it says, I first noticed the, the, the smiling parking lot people who pointed me to a parking spot and helped me get inside. I, I first noticed, because I didn't see the parking greeters, I, I, I parked my car and I walked inside, and as I was walking in the door, there were people that were smiling at me and waving at me and saying, hello, nice to see you, it's good to have you here. And, and, and that's what I noticed first, is that there was this home atmosphere to it. There's some people that they say, I, I didn't notice um, really the parking or the greeters, but I came in a little late, so I missed all of that. But I, I walked in the doors and I saw that there was coffee and uh, just on a supremely cold day, that coffee warmed my soul and it made me feel like I was at home. And there's someone every single week that makes that coffee, that sets it out, that gets it all together so that that person can feel at home and can encounter Jesus in a safe space. I want to ask you again, where can you give more and in what ways can you serve? See, life change in others begets life change in you. Life change in others continues the process of life change in you and it's cyclical. So how will you be a part of life change in others? Proverbs 17, it was, or Proverbs 11, it was a part of one of our soap readings last week, if you're following along with our Bible reading plan. But there was a verse in Proverbs 11 that stood out to me, and I just want to read it to you, and then I'll close. It said, a generous person will prosper. One who refreshes others will be refreshed. I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know the difficulties you may be faced you may be facing and that may be encountering you here in these moments, but I do know this. The Proverbs, the wise sayings of Proverbs encourage us to be generous because as we refresh others, we also will be refreshed. Do you need a refreshing? Do you need a renewing? Do you need new energy, new enjoyment, new excitement? My challenge to you would be to serve others for as you refresh others, you yourself will be refreshed. Today, if you're watching this and you want to serve on a life team, or maybe you already are uh, serving on a life team, my, my, uh, here, here's the plug, here's the action step, is that you would text LC Volunteer to 97000, LC Volunteer to 97000. You are serving on a life team or you want to serve on a life team. LC Volunteer to 97000. We want you to answer just two questions and, and then we want to follow up with you and make sure that, that you're getting every opportunity to serve that you, that you need and, and that you want. And maybe if you're just getting wanting to join a life team today and you, you've listened to this message and you've recognized that everything you have is God's and that you've not been entitled but you've been entrusted and, and you've, you, you're being held accountable by God to use what you've been given for his kingdom. And so you, you want to do so through our, one of our life teams and you text that number today, we want to get you connected to the life team that best suits you. And we want to see life change happen through you so life change can continue to happen in you. That's what we believe. And, and so today as we close and as I uh, pray, I, I just want to challenge you to let God speak to your hearts about 
where can I give and how can I serve others? Where can I give and how can I serve others? Would you pray with me today? Lord, we love you and we thank you. And I I slow down for a minute, God, and I ask that you'd speak to us. That, That you would challenge us not to remain comfortable where we've been, not to remain casual, but to step into what you've called us to. To give generously as the early church gave. To share as the early church shared. To be kind as the early church was kind. To serve as the early church served. That we would be willing, as Proverbs 11 talks about, to be generous because a generous person prospers. And that as we refresh others through serving and through loving and through giving, that we ourselves would be refreshed. That our time, our talent, and our treasure, God, it's not ours, but it's all yours. And so one, we thank you for it. We recognize that we've been blessed. But we've not just been blessed to be uh, comfortable. We've been blessed to be a blessing. You've not given greatly to us so that we can chill out and, and, and enjoy our ride to heaven, but you've given greatly to us so we can give greatly in return to others. So Lord, right now I surrender myself to you, and I ask that you'd be Lord and, uh, and Savior of my life, that you would rule. When you call me to go, I would say yes. When you call me to do, I would say yes. And when you call me to give, I would say yes. I love you and I thank you. I bless every single person watching this today. We celebrate you in Jesus' name. Amen.